KP, are we recording? Alright, it's very important that we are recording on this one Because guys, I wouldn't even be doing this in the first place If it wasn't for today's guest Chris, Drama Path As many of you know, I met Chris when he invited me onto his podcast, Short Story Long And over this last year, I have just watched this dude transform uh, Not just because he chose to work harder in business, that too, but most of all, because he really went into working on the seven equities. I had the opportunity to start coaching Chris after episode number 50, and we worked together week after week, and it's been one of my my coolest experiences working with somebody on a consistent basis because he's just taking it on, and and, and truly, he's been somebody that started coaching me, um, and just, I've learned so much through seeing him grow and excel at at such a fast rate. We go into some stories about his childhood and some of the challenges that he went through and how he broke through after he got to to LA and I think he shared a lot of stories that he's never shared before. I think you guys are going to going to get a lot out of this. We recorded this over at 2922 Holly Ridge, an incredible listing that we have in the Hollywood Hills. So if you're only listening to this on the podcast, make sure you look for it as well on the YouTube and check that place out. Take some notes, guys. Project Mindset, episode number three, Chris Drama Path. Let's go. Man, we are here. I'm pretty inspired about this, guys. None other, the man, the myth, my super good friend, Chris Drama Path. Woo! We are here, Kev. Thanks, dog. This is an honor. I will say you absolutely crushed my podcast into smithereens. Uh, That's how we became friends. And now my goal is to become... The Kevion wow. of Kevion's podcast, if that makes any sense to the listeners. I want to come on here. I want to make you proud. I want to build you, you our friendship have, stronger. You, and I want people to be have. like, yo, Project Mindset, that <laughs> podcast is cool, but drama killed it. He, he made it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. I, I want to make, that. I want to be responsible for your podcasting success. I, I, on my way here, I was thinking about it, how your podcast was actually the first one I'd ever heard with, uh, with your cousin, Rob. Yep. And how... After that, I went on to, to dive deeper into the other interviews, and I'm like, man, I've got a bunch of friends who are on here. Yeah. Fast forward to January as I'm coming up with all my new goals for the year, and I had 10. Yep. One of my major goals was to be interviewed on Short Story Long. Yeah. And fast forward five, six months, shout out to Sneaker Steve, it happened. It happened. And we, uh, we did it, man. And now we're here, and you know, I know you wrote your goals down in 2018. Yeah. And one of your ten major goals was to be on my podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, and you know what? And kids, you're here, man. Dreams do come true. <laughs> Manifest your reality. Uh, that's it. Dude. No, yeah, I'm excited. Actually, I will say this is in line with one of my goals, which is to get uh, 500,000 downloads a month on on Short Story Long, and I. I think that this is going to help that dream uh, come true. I'm happy to support it. I'm happy to support it. Well, and you know, it was really cool because after that podcast, we went into um, coaching. You know, it made such a big impact on my life. I actually launched 
um, project mindset mm-hmm. after being on your podcast because I was just floored uh, with positive feedback. I mean, I had thousands of people reach out to me, uh, nothing real estate related, which yeah. is my career, <laughs> yeah. but all about like, man, tell me more about Be Do Have. How do you set goals? And I just, it, it, it really showed me that there's a lot more that I'm supposed to do than run a real estate company. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, and you think about it like we get what we give, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's interesting because the what I see you decided um, to do in, in, in creating your podcast was um, do something that inspires people to do the same. Yeah. And man, like that's exactly what happened for me. Like seeing the impact that short story long had in your life and on uh, your company, I couldn't help but look at my own and say, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I up to? And you actually have a gift for this. When I started podcasting, I was so uncomfortable and anxiety riddled and had no idea what I was doing. And I learned through two, through a hundred episodes to be decent. You have a gift. I don't know, man. I don't know. It is a scam that we are not (laughs) being given more Kevion content. I'm working on it. You're shorting the world. That's it. I got a lot of homes I've got to sell. Listen, the world has enough homes. All right. You're right. Podcast in each and every one of those homes before you sell it. (laughs) Well, we went into coaching uh, immediately after. Uh, I actually didn't know much about you. And uh, for the the next year, we we dove deep into what you're all about, your childhood. I got to know how you grew up. And what I learned about you is that you're you're somebody who was always seeking and learning. You know, I think it's probably easy for somebody to look at you and say, oh, he got lucky. You know, sure. he's Rob Dyrdek's cousin. Sure. But the reality is, I imagine back in Ohio, th- there's a fair amount of cousins growing oh, yeah. up. Yeah, and Ohio produces cousins you know like I mean? no other. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> it was it was your, like, risk-taking, your determination to just bug Rob. Like, dude, get yeah. me to L.A. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. sure there were others who wanted to, but I think you had to have a certain level of, of persistence to do that. Um, and you didn't stop there. Yeah. You know, you got out here, TV, we know all about that, your brand, um, and then still shifting like, you know what, I need to do more. Yeah. So um, I wanted to dive dive into that. Yeah. Into I, like, what, what were some of your defining moments as a kid that ultimately gave you the drive to get out to, to L.A. Yeah. in the first place. Yeah, and I, and I want to say this, too, is like, number one, I absolutely did get lucky. And that's something to be clear about. And yeah. I think that for a long time, I tried to, like, that sort of, this conversation drove me nuts mm. because it took away any of my power of anything that I was actually responsible for. Or you mean, anything. like, not wanting to accept well, here's that. what really happened. In my, from my point of view, I was scared to death, moved to L.A., took this huge risk, was all alone, blah, 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 caught a lucky break, 
was on this show that we all got lucky, just happened to be a massive sensation. Hmm. How old when you moved out here again? 18. 18, yeah. Grinded it out, started a clothing line, met business partners, launched this thing. And when it all was sort of based around, well, you got lucky, it drove me nuts mm. because it takes away anything that you actually did do, mm. right? And so that's the part where I hate to admit this now, this is what I'm embarrassed about now, yeah. is that I actually did let that affect me moving forward. Because what happened is, I started to take away all the power from what actually made me lucky yeah. and what made me capitalize from that luck and right. what made me get into a situation where you could even potentially be lucky. Yeah. And so you take away all of your strength and everything that makes you unique and you start to believe, well, nobody cares anyways because everyone yeah. just thinks I was lucky. And that's when you just let the negative win and you, you're completely, you have no power at that point. Yeah, because you didn't, you didn't want... Um, you didn't really want to accept that where the reality is like, yeah, absolutely. I'm lucky. Are you kidding? Shit was, we were joking around filming a TV show in a living room. It became a Nate worldwide yeah. sensation. Why do you think it zero to do of my power? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it was so much out of any of our power. Like we didn't expect that we were going to a month later be walking through a mall and be recognized yeah. and asked for autographs. Robin big was a, phenomenon yeah man and we weren't like musical artists waiting to get our album out and right. hoping it took off and it did we were a bunch of skater dudes and the bodyguards around me you know what i'm saying so yeah there was a huge element of luck involved but i think that um uh you know the the part that i have now sort of settled down and realized and been able to grow with and this is what i'm trying to spread is what are the behaviors and the risks and the things that m put me in a position mm. to potentially be lucky. And then once you get lucky or you have these lucky breaks, cause you're naturally going to, and right. you're also naturally going to get your ass handed to you. I've been really unlucky also, but what are the skills and the tools to deal with that as well? Mm. That's where the meat is. That's right. where the action is. That's where anyone can get lucky. Um, on purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's about trying to get lucky on purpose. I need more, I need some more luck right now. Right. 2018. Give me another batch. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is you, what did you learn from that, that 10 years, right? Yeah. Cause how old are you now? And you know what? I'm sorry. I, I'm being a bad guest cause I'm just so used to podcasting. Yeah. I didn't answer your question. Your question was, what were some of the skills and the blah, blah, blah growing up? That even led to that. Yeah, there we go. And I Let's just want to say that, that... Like the defining... Cause, because I, I feel like, for me, right? Like, I went to all those schools. Yeah. I always had to move. Yeah. Um, and it was not knowing how long I was going to have this friend yep. that caused me to just want to connect with people quickly. Yep. And now that translated into where and what I do today. Mm -hmm. What do you think for, for yourself as a, as a kid before all this, yep. before bugging Rob, like, dude, get me out here. Yeah. What do you think it was? Like, what were those defining moments as a kid that gave you that, that persistence in the first place? Yeah. I, I think uh, when I look back at it now, cause now I'm really in a mode. I have been since we started talking, I have been for the last two years of like, really trying to look with a realistic lens back at sort of my life and really like what are the lessons and yeah. what was good, what was bad, whatever. Um, I think when I look at it now, a lot of my personality traits growing up were uh, birthed by number one, being a skateboarder. Okay. Very much was like personality influenced by being a skateboarder. Right. And what that meant was willing to be on my own, um, being 
addicted to self progress, mm. uh, not needing a team or a coach or yeah. a, uh, I need you a coach, but I mean, not needing a, a coach to tell me what to do yeah. every day, being able to just grind it out, take a beating and, um, say, fuck the world a little bit. What was it about skateboarding versus sports? Mm, I don't really know yeah. something about my, this is what I think happens for a lot of people. I think something about my personality gelled with skateboarding yeah. and what it is. Like, I think that naturally I was a little antisocial. Um, and I think that I wanted to win, but I didn't like team environments. I didn't like being yelled at by some mm. old coach on the football field. I naturally didn't like those things. I didn't Did go to school. Did you try anything else? Yeah, I tried, uh, okay. tried football. I lasted four days. Oh, wow. Uh, I played baseball, Little League. So, like, you got all the equipment, everything, and you're like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I showed up to, like, you know, the first week's like a hell week sort okay. of situation. I made it three days of hell, I think. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Yeah. I'm out of here. Like, I was so hyped to have all my gear on. And I remember being in the mirror at home. You know, I'm probably like 12. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to kill gonna it. Do this. Look at my gear. Like, yeah. whatever. And then I went there and I'm like, you're telling me like it's 90 degrees and you want me to just run up and down <laughs> this field with all this shit on? And, uh, and it was just a deal breaker. I didn't go to school, like events, didn't go to prom, didn't go to any school things. And I think that personality gelled perfectly well with what you're supposed to do right. to be a skateboarder. Yeah, for and sure. And I think about it now, I was thinking about it the other day, like there were many, many days where I, it would be zero degrees in Ohio, snow everywhere, and I'm in my little one car garage trying to learn how That's to like it, man. switch flip. Yeah. And I'm like, what other thing in life do I dedicate that much crazy. drive to? And here's the crazy thing is in, when you're doing it, you don't even think I'm working hard. Right. You just think I really want to learn how to switch flip. Yeah. And you'll be there's no, there not even hours. a camera on. No. I remember when I moved to Ohio, I feel like that was the, the, the peak. I feel like I went to Ohio in the peak of my skateboarding. Yeah. You know, it was like 95 and traveling from where I lived in the IE to the Santa Monica courthouse and just like in the mix. Yeah. And then being sent to a farm where I had a cement pad yep. in Ohio yep. and still so inspired to just try a new trick, yeah. like learn inward heel flips or something. I mean, the day that I remember this vividly, the day we discovered that my next door neighbor who was an elderly woman who didn't know any better had a shuffleboard court in her backyard. Oh, wow. It was it like, was on. are you <laughs> shitting me? That's yeah. like any infinity pool. And like, I would rather have a shuffleboard yeah. court at that age because it's smooth ground. You got a nice flat runway. Like it was a dream come true. So I think that that mentality is a lot where I got my personality and kind of enhanced certain parts of my personality. I think I'm heavily, heavily influenced by being a little brother. Mm. My older brother was always smarter, better grades, more well-behaved, did more of what my parents wanted to, better at skateboarding, better at skating, yeah. always better. And so I always had this mentality without knowing it really that I'm willing to do anything yeah. to find my place mm. because it's probably going to be taken by someone better if I don't die for so, it. So that's interesting, man, because like you showed up before you showed up on the scene, like here, who you were showing up to life as like, I've got to make this happen or else somebody else is going to take my spot. Yeah. And almost like I have to work so hard that I'm stealing this from someone else mm. because everyone's better than me. You have this, it's weird when your world is like, one dude is better than you at everything right it you craft it as everyone is better than you right there's always someone yeah better than you more capable ready to do it you have to work your ass off to even do it 
Um, and that was part of, to be honest, that was part of what uh, made, led to me successfully landing in LA is when right. it was finally my turn. And I was 18 and I had graduated high school. When, I, when my brother was 18 and I was 14, he uh, got a chance to move to LA. He ended up going to Barcelona with Rob to film the DC video. Mm. He ended up hanging out with Rob and Big Black when they were initially filming those skits for the DC oh, video. Oh, wow. In my 14-year-old brain, back in middle school or whatever it is, in, in Akron, Ohio, I was devastated because wow. in my mind, this guy just got the opportunity of a yeah. lifetime. Dreams come true for him, <laughs> not for me. And by the time I'm 18, Rob's going to be married and this opportunity won't exist. Wow. And so when it was finally my time and thank God Rob wasn't married, I hit him up and I said, I will do anything right. to be there. Yeah. I will mop your floors, which I did for hours on end. Yeah. I will hand wash your cars. I'll fold your damn boxers. You had to get out Just there. Just let me go. And, I, and that's what I did. But how, so, how much convincing did it take? And were there any, any roadblocks of you getting out here? Uh, the road, well, the main roadblock was that I graduated in, I forget when you graduate, June? Yeah. Whenever. I graduated and the plan was to uh, move to LA a week later. Okay. And I hit my head skating, uh, fractured my skull, was in a coma for four days, severe brain bleeding, um, just had this crazy weird injury out of nowhere. Man. And so that stopped my trip because um, from the skull fracture, I had a blood clot in wow. my brain. And I, um, I had to stay in Ohio and keep getting CAT scans every month to see if the blood clot was gone because that was a huge risk. And what, when that happened, like what were you telling yourself? I'm going to be honest, man. At the time, I was so dead set on getting to L.A. the same way I was dead set on learning a switch flip in my yeah. cold garage that I was like, just <laughs> let's get it over so, with. So, so the skull fracture was yeah. like just a delay. Like it there was, was no thoughts of, OK, maybe I'm not going to be able to go. It was like as soon as this skull fracture is healed. Yep. I'm catching the flight. It was a it was a nuisance. But wow. this is what I will tell you is number one, when I got out of the hospital, I couldn't read. Like wow. I looked at where I remember looking at words. Uh, I just couldn't read. And, and I remember going home. I loved my computer. I would always edit skate videos. and Yeah. Stuff. And I um, I logged on to like Safari or whatever, but I couldn't I didn't know how to use the Internet. Wow. My parents were like, you can have whatever food you want. Like you just got out of the hospital. You can okay. have whatever food you want. I wanted pizza. I ordered pizza. It had no taste. No way. So I had all these weird side effects, but I just was like, I need to hurry up, get this silly little blood clot out of the right. way and get out to LA. Oh man. Um, but it caused me a lot of anxiety, meaning I am a bit of a, you know, I can be a bit of a hypochondriac maybe yeah. from that, or I don't know. But one of the risks was, so when I finally moved to LA in November, I went for my final CAT scan and the blood clot was still there. Mm. And they're like, look, it's been this long. We're guessing if you would have had any major complications that would have happened by now, you can go to LA if you're that insistent on it. Um, but if you pass out or start having seizures or whatever, you got to come home. So I'm like, all right, I'm going. I'm and, going. And every time, you know that feeling like when you stand up and you get a little dizzy, <laughs> yeah. like the most minor shit. Anytime that would happen, I'd be like, oh my God, here it comes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm having a stroke, I'm wow. having a seizure, like it's all Did over. Did you have any of that anxiety before? The skull fracture? You know, I think small bits. Like, okay. I think I was prone to, like, anxious sort of moments. Like, you know, when I was in elementary school, I would get super nervous before the first day of school. Like Interesting, Stuff man. like that. But not, like, that sent me into sort of panic attacks where I felt like 
my brain was imploding yeah. in the kitchen because like I walked under the heater. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a big believer that we attract everything that yeah. we experience. Yeah. And um, I'm curious what you think, why you think you attracted the skull fracture? Like on your path, oh, man. On, on Chris's path to greatness. This is like a Jedi. Right? I'm not that level of Jedi. Yeah. On Chris's path to... Uh, yeah, why do you think that happened? Like I feel like... Every single thing that 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 happens to us, the the wins and the losses, I think they're all designed to get us to our destiny. Right? I'll give you one lucky what do you break. Think? I'll give you one thing that because um, I believe you, I believe you, but I think you're just at like expert level manifestation like brain where I'm like still like trying to understand it. That's funny. So, but but I will say the one lucky break was this. Um, my brother, so when I graduated high school, my brother and I were both supposed to move to LA. Okay. So I graduated high school, whatever. Great. Plans going forward. Yeah. We're moving to LA in a week. Wait, because he moved back? He moved back. Oh, interesting. So he had moved here back and forth okay. a few times. Um, and but that's right. You told me that because it was like, he got to go. Now it's my shot. Yeah, that was yeah. my big like hook. Okay. You know, like, come on, dude. And he when, got to come because he was so good at skateboarding that we came here. Rob one time saw a video of him skateboarding yeah. and was like, bro, you got to come out here. We wow. didn't really know Rob that well growing up. Okay. But Rob saw this video and was like, my cousin rips. Yeah. You got to come out here while I'm filming the DC video and film and get in the mix. Like, how sick would it be yeah. if my cousin was like, whatever. That's cool. I wasn't that good. Right. So I didn't have that same opportunity. So. Now, when you got the skull fracture, did your brother still come to L.A. anyways? No, so that's what I was going to tell you was my luck, uh, my manifestation. Okay. Was by the time I had finally healed from my injury, my brother had gotten a girlfriend mm. in Ohio. Oh, And so he wow. didn't want to move. <laughs> and so I was like, bro, you are killing me. Like, this is my life. I just fought through my yeah. brain exploding. Yeah. Like, let's go. And, and he, um, and it's Great. He had a girlfriend that he loved very much right. in Ohio and he didn't want to just up and leave her. So that forced me to hit up Rob, okay. which was a very uncomfortable, like for me, like, okay, Because he we was go. kind of the pass to get out here. Yeah. Like and you could come like, with your brother. I didn't, it was like, hey man, can I get a job? Can I get a, like, is there anything? You know what I mean? Interesting. Because without that, I'm, I'm moving um, into like the Motel 6 right. and like looking for studio apartments. Yeah. So that was the one, at least I have somebody there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, that forced me to reach out and, uh, and put myself out there and, and end up coming out and end up building a great relationship with him, great friendship. And so it was in part because of that delay yeah. um, that led me down a different path. Look what we just discovered. Yeah, yeah it yeah. wasn't as much of like I caused it, I don't think, but but it benefited me in the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the what there is to consider is that everything that we experience is moving us closer to what we really want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the challenge is sometimes we're attracting things that we don't want. Mm -hmm. But that's why we have to check our energy and yeah. say like, okay, why am I attracting this? Who am I being that's attracting this? Because yep. we're always attracting whether we believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I don't disagree with that at yeah. all. But that's the, yeah, that's the benefit that came out of it. And I will say this. This is the last thing just about the childhood sort of mentality that led to this is the last thing is 
I was always trying to find ways to be sort of entrepreneurial. Yeah. And entrepreneurship is such a buzzword now right. that I don't even like saying anymore. But I guess maybe it was just that I didn't want to get a job. Yeah. But I was like always, when I was super young, I would my favorite thing to do was gather up all the just random shit in the house that I knew my parents didn't use and have a yard sale and wow. put up signs and have a yard sale. Yeah. Um, I started filming and editing skate videos of my friends because I knew I wasn't good enough to be a pro skateboarder. And I started selling skate videos of my friends like in Akron to all of the big skate stores in like Cleveland and Columbus. And like, I'd be like, That's hey, pretty here's cool. what the Akron kids are doing. Uh, you know, whatever. I made a couple thousand bucks off of that. And then I took... Well, you got to make... Uh, you have to be pretty entrepreneurial to... How many videos would you say you actually made up yourself? You probably printed out some stickers from Kinko's. How many videos uh, do you think you actually sold? I probably made so probably, I don't know, a few hundred. That's a fair amount yeah. of videos. Yeah. That's Here's awesome. the one I'm proud of. Here's the one I'm most proud of. Because now I'm like, damn, you were a hustler. <laughs> Is I took my video knowledge and my editing skills, and I would go to my cousins and then beyond little league football games. Wow. Sit there with a camera, film the entire game, edit it. And then go back the next week and sell it to the parents so they could wow. see their kids playing football. That's a good hustle. That's the one That's I'm That's a good of. hustle. How much do you care about your children? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see memories. Do you want to see them run routes? Do you yeah. want to check tape? That's Here amazing. There's memories forever on this <laughs> nice DVD. That's incredible, you know? dude. So, yeah. That was, those so, are things that formed. Uh, so, you get out here. Mm-hmm. What did you learn in those in, the, in those 10 years, right? Like, what did you really learn from it all? In your first 10 years, eight, 18... To 28 what did I learn yeah I mean it literally crafted all of who I was like who I am you know I think that I learned like you know I learned I was grounded because of the way my parents are my parents are incredible um, put a lot of priority on you know friendships and treating people well and all that stuff from my parents but everything else yeah I learned in those first 10 years wow and it went from learning how to exist in a city like LA it went from to learning how to be be a proper have a proper dynamic on a television show what yeah. dynamic meant like right. if rob and big black are this way i can be this right. my character is this and if i do this i'm stepping out of bounds of my dynamic Interesting. in the group so learning how to play your role yeah, yeah. learn 100% learning how to play my role learning um how it hit TV show is even made. Yeah. Um, learning how to sort of shut up and do the work that's needed. I mean, I was Rob's assistant for right. years and that was like real work of, like I said, scrubbing floors and yeah. running errands and all this different stuff. And, um, learning how to properly just play your part and mm-hmm. learn and kind of shut up and learn what's going on yeah. so that you can apply it later. Um, then I started a company in that 10 years. Um, I learned how to, you know, I learned kind of when to shut up and learn and when to be aggressive and trust yeah. that you know better than anyone. Those are mm. some very weird balance. Absolutely. You know, that you yeah, because you're play. going from being someone's assistant where you have to do whatever needs to be done yeah. to putting on a, a boss cap for yourself and saying, yeah. no, this is what I want to do in this thing. And then essentially directing yeah. people. Yeah. Like if I come with you and we're looking around this house and I'm asking you questions about real estate, there is not one piece of me that's teaching yeah. or demanding or leading. Right. I am a student and I am so thankful that I have a friend like you that will tell me this type of information yeah. that people would die to know. 
I'm you tell good. me any of I know your secrets. My stuff. I'm fortunate, right? <laughs> so I will be 100% student. Yeah. In an hour when I go back to my office and I'm having a meeting, even if I'm not totally sure, I have to pretend that I'm totally sure right. because I'm leading now a group of people. Um, and just learning really the dynamics of when is the right time to do each. And if you ever spend too much time doing either, you're either not moving forward because you're just spending all your time being a student or you're turning into an asshole because you're never just humbling yourself and listening. Yeah, that's good, man. That's really good. But what anyway, was, I learned my entire life was learned yeah. in those last 10 years. Yeah. What, what was the peak? What was the peak moment in that, those first 10 years, right? Where you're like, wow, like around what year was it? How old were you when it was like, man, I am absolutely killing it. Like I might be the greatest human being on earth. Yeah. I've had a few of those moments. Yeah. Um, so I would say a few of those moments, just coming from where I come from living in LA and I remember getting my first fake babe hoodie. <laughs> wow. And let me tell you, Kevion, there's a few things I remember. And it's my first bake, fake babe yeah. hoodie, my first real pair of babe shoes, okay. and my first real pair of Evisus. Oh, man. Those are, These are three defining moments. Defining. And shout out to my boy Nino. I used to just play him in pool for hours because he was the ice cream skate team, okay. team manager. Yep. Play him in pool for hours to try to bet bape items off of him the point is this just living in la and owning a fake bape hoodie right i felt on top of the world you made it when i went back to Ohio, how old are you when you got your fake bape hoodie? 19 <laughs> you made it that was all you needed that was it yeah. one year in la i made it so see you suckers in ohio later that's it i'm back for christmas with my baby blue bape hoodie <laughs> wow um, so that was probably the first time okay. just living in la you go back to ohio and it's like Oh my God, what's Britney Spears yeah. like? And yeah. what are, how many mansions do you That's have? That's really funny, man, because when I moved to Ohio, I lived in Cincinnati. Yep. And um, I, I think it was maybe eighth grade. And my sister was, I think, in fourth grade. And we each had different um, make believe stories. Yep. So um, my story, they were like, oh man, like what's LA like? I was like, oh, it's crazy. You know, like a lot of gangs. Um, what's crazy is I actually did have a tattoo, and so I was like, yeah, I can't really tell you guys. I was only in eighth grade, but I was yep. like, I can't really tell you guys what this means on my wrist, but uh, it's not good. Yeah, and, yeah you got to go, go through metal detectors at my school. It was not like that yeah. at my school. Sure, my but... sister told her friends that in the, in the intro to Baywatch, yep. you could see our house. She's yep. like, yeah, you know, our house like, is in the That's background. such a solid lie. Yeah, it's good. You know, because yeah. it's like that just is like the epitome of L.A. and beach and like nobody knows right. that that's your house. But for me, Good you for know, you mid 90s, I was like East versus West Coast. There's a lot of beef going on. Yeah, so you chose and, up. Yeah. You know, Yeah. so you were a death row guy. Uh, no, I was always more of like a uh, more, more in the East, I, I will really? say. Yeah. Wow. And definitely because that's more rap. I've always been more into hip hop. Yeah, you I get know? it. But if I Tribe, was back in Ohio. Biggie, Nas. Yeah. If I was back in Ohio from LA during that period, I'd be like, yeah, you know, me and Shug, like, it's not that big of a deal, but like, sure, sometimes we hang out. And, like, you know, Tupac gets a little crazy. Anyway. So next, that that was the first king of the world moment yes. is the fake babe hoodie. Yep. So fake babe hoodie, go back to LA or go back to Ohio for like Christmas and your fake yeah. babe, you might as well be for real. Uh, next was, I think, to be honest, I think there was like a mini one when Rob and Big really blew yeah. up, but I wasn't that big a part of that show. And I also didn't make 
like like next to zero money. I made like a thousand bucks for every episode I was on, which was very few. Um, So I didn't get like whatever. When Fantasy Factory blew up, Mm. because at that point, Big Black had went to Texas to raise his daughter. Um, and so it was just Rob and I. Oh, wow. And that was like right when Chanel got introduced. No Sterling. No, not even my brother on the first season. It was me and Rob. Wow. And so that's when it was like, bam. Like, I'm the dude. Yeah. I'm the co-star. Uh, this is it. Was there a moment where you did something or was a certain event where you're like, this just happened? Uh, the The one that first comes to mind is I... You know, as you can see, I started to get into tattoos. Sure. And I walked into, you know, of course, I tracked down Mr. Cartoon. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's a must. You, you have know, to. Of course. 50 and, Cent uh, did. Yeah. So why wouldn't Eminem drama did. from Akron? And so <laughs> I uh, tracked him down and, and was getting tattooed by him like multiple times. He's a great dude. And one day I walked in there and Snoop Dogg was getting tattooed. And he goes, Drama. Wow. What are you doing in here, man? And I was like, What? That's tight. Like Snoop Dogg. This is crazy. <laughs> you know, and I just think How that old like, you at that point? I had to be probably like 20, 22. Okay. 23 at the max. Yeah. And so it was still very much like Snoop Dogg is like a, it's three a, years. a superhero. Like he's yeah. not even a human being. And whatever. So that was like, damn, like you're on some, like, this is interesting. People like Snoop Dogg. I remember when I met Lil Wayne, he was like, what's up, dude? What's up, drama? Yeah. And I was like, damn, people like Lil Wayne and Snoop Dogg know who you are. It just causes this weird shift in the world. Interesting. So that was definitely like a big one. And then the ultimate one was like when Young and Reckless really started working. Yeah. And contrary to what a lot of a lot of people view Young and Reckless as like, we launched it, it exploded, it became this big thing, drama made a bunch of money, sick. Yeah. But the way that it was from my perspective was Young and Reckless launched. It was obviously a bit of a process. I went and found business partners, did all this stuff. Finally, it's time to launch. So I was supposed to launch on the first season, but I didn't have the trademarks done. Okay. It wasn't done. So I was devastated. I thought I just missed my opportunity mm. for life. Thank God we get picked up for a second season. Everything's lined up. We're ready to go. Got my samples printed. Boom. Boom. Show's on the air. Um, the first episode was not what a lot of people think, which was me jumping out of a building to prove I was reckless. Right. It was like Rob buying me two little mice that rode around on fingerboards. Like it was not <laughs> as impactful, you know? Right. And so the point was it launched with a bit of a, a bit of trouble. Yeah. And it was like a bit of trouble because it wasn't marketed properly for you representing the brand on the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Two mice is not. It just wasn't young and reckless. Yeah. This dude from a reality show has a merch line, I guess. Yeah. And it's in PacSun, and like it's not going to be a blockbuster release. Right. And I knew that. That was never my goal was to be a merch dude and be a celebrity. Okay. My goal was to run a really dope. I looked up to LRG. I looked up yeah. to all those guys. I wanted to be Jonas. Right. And so I, um, I, that was my worst fear, but I didn't have time to do all that marketing yet. Yeah. So all I had was first episode of the show. It launched at PacSun the next day. And it was cool. Like the shirts sold. It and worked. that was like crazy. Like we're selling shirts at malls. Like right. this is crazy. Um, but it, the moment that season went off the air, it absolutely tanked like back of the store, couldn't sell a shirt to save our lives. I thought 100% this idea of starting a clothing line was, was done. A wrap. It was over. Um, and I'd made no money yet. Okay. Right. So, um, at that point we decided to like, just go so 
hard on like every athlete, every celebrity, every like every everyone wearing the clothes, taking cell phone pictures, tracking people down. Finally, we ended up doing a campaign with Meek Mill. It was right before his first mm. album came out. Took a big shot. He took a risk on us. We took a risk. Did all of this stuff. Um, that finally started to put it over the edge and started the growth year two, year three. So, wow, I so say, it wasn't necessarily the, the show that helped blow it up. I mean, well, it, it helped a little bit, but it was really more of that behind the scenes hustle of like, man, we got to get this out there. Sure. And it, but yeah. it, here's the thing. The truth is it was both 100%. Like I'm by no means going to claim that the show, cause what the show did was this. It allowed me to even be a reason to have a conversation with a place like PacSun. Okay. It allowed us to go For to sure. PacSun and say, we're going to premiere this on a TV show and I'm going to pr press all of my social media followers to PacSun to get it. Just take it for all your doors right. and they did. So that's where like that leverage was insane. Yeah. But it wasn't like show it on the show, explode. It was show it on the show, have a hard time. The point was after about three years, we started really making money. And I think the, like the fourth year, you know, I think my 26th birthday, I, it's a little embarrassing to say now, but I bought myself a white Lamborghini Gallardo <laughs> for my birthday. Yeah. That's that, phase wow on your 20 was it did you do it on your 26th birthday yeah damn that phase was like 26 mm. with the lambo 26 <laughs> with the lambo and the kicker is did you own a house yet hell no <laughs> what kind of priorities are those kev i'm trying to rent mansions and That's drive amazing. my lambo but my point is you so now i'm driving around in a lamborghini i'm the co-star on a very successful tv show that I'm, so I'm getting recognized yes. and I have a newly successful clothing business. There it is. That is, woo. That's it, man. I mean, you made it. Woo. For a kid from Ohio wow. that grew up listening to a lot of young Jeezy. Yeah. That is the dream manifesting. Wow. That's amazing. So that was the ultimate one. That was the one where I was Lambo like, day has got to be I'm huge. Yeah. I'm the next uh, Jonas. Yeah. I'm the next. You're on your way. Yeah. So. What was the major uppercut, right, in business? Because I imagine you rode that wave a couple years, right? And then yep. what was the, the, that major uppercut that just made you pivot and say, damn, I got to figure something out? Mm -hmm. How old were you? When was it? What happened? The major, so, so there was a, a few little ones. You know, there was one that got me really bad, which was like just a stupid mistake where one of my designers did a graphic that was a straight up knockoff of the Hells Angels logo. Mm. And I didn't know that. And I wore it on TV. Oh, great. And that's the worst. If you could pick one logo. Yeah. Like a swastika might go over <laughs> better. If you pick one logo Damn. that you do not want to yeah. wear on national television, it's a Hells Angels knockoff yeah. for a skinny little white and dude. And what, what happened? I got like... The craziest calls and reach outs and like, number one, we got obviously sued, but I got personally very uh, put on notice that I had Damn. made a mistake. <laughs> oh. And I mean like, I mean all the way up to walking out of a club one night and a dude like walking up on me 
uh, up against the wall on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, like whatever, this is a problem. Luckily he didn't stop me out or anything, but uh, pretty damn close. Damn. So the point is those, I had these little moments of those things that really rocked me and really made me be like, damn, there's, it's risky playing on this level and I'm not equipped to make these sort of mistakes. I got you. So then, you know, that was all growing learning experience. The big, big uppercut for me was, uh, a combination of, our show had stopped filming, mm-hmm. uh, which we were over it. It was great news for the show. How long be, did how long was the show popping? I think it was for? eight seasons. I don't okay. know why I'm having trouble remembering if we did eight or nine, but I think it was eight. It's a skull fracture. It's that damn blood damn clot. It. So, so the show's done. Which, like I said, great news. I was so sick of like filming and being on reality TV. I wanted to be a businessman. Yeah. Um, and your sh- and your the brand was doing good. So. The brand was doing great. And, but what I didn't. What the one part I didn't understand or didn't uh, undervalued was it was something that every day for 10 years I went, showed up somewhere, was welcomed, had a crew of people that was with us for most of that journey, mm. um, had my cousin there, had our friends there, Chanel and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just a really fun thing to do every yeah. day. And I was too busy worried about um, not wanting to be on TV anymore and didn't take into consideration not being around those people or having an obligation to show up somewhere. And so that took a toll on me. And then right after that is when retail started having issues. Yeah. So the way that looked for me was we got some pretty serious warnings that like this is going to be a huge impact, like Mm. something really bad is coming, Uh, meaning this stuff's going to crash. And what that means in apparel is you have a bunch of stuff in production. Right. You have a bunch of orders uh, made. You have product going out. They're, they don't care. They're canceling those orders and right. you're on the hook for them. They're sending back the clothes that didn't sell, some wow. of the retailers. And if you don't take them, your business is over with them. They couldn't care less. Wow. Macy's doesn't care. So all in the same season of life, right? Call it the same three to six months. Show finishes. Yep. Yep. You don't have that structure of showing up, being with the crew, having a specific schedule to do, yeah. and you're gonna, you know, pour all your energy into the business. Yep. And the thing that you pour your energy into shifts yep. all at the same time. And I'll give you a little one. There's a little one that happened in that same time period. We started building a women's business. We had this thing called Reckless Girls mm-hmm. that we were posting all these hot girls, whatever. It was blowing up, like just going, going, yeah, going. Yeah, I've seen it. I've, I had to unfollow it. There you go. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's not good for a I married dude. Look, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're building up this thing, but still in the grand scheme of, let's say, like a pack sun, we're a pretty small piece of the women's yeah. business. So what happened was the trend and the approach and the direction that pack sun wanted to go changed. Mm. They wanted to be more like Brandy Melville and sort of an Urban Outfitters kind right. of look, a lot of um, cut and sew, a lot of in-house. And that meant cutting those brands and that opportunity for growth. Mm. So now here's a place where you're growing, your business is growing by millions of dollars and it's just not big enough to matter Mm. to the bigger picture and that gets cut. Then you see, this is what I also want to say is like, we got really lucky thanks to being super aggressive and my business partners are so smart. The team is so incredible. We dodged a lot of the real issues. Mm. Like we luckily never, like we, there was, we never thought like, we're about to go out of business. Right. But we just saw like, you need to make some aggressive changes right now or else that day is coming. Wow. And so what that meant was all of like the guy driving around in the Lambo on TV, owning a clothing line, which is one of the most fun businesses to be killing it in. 
that's going on trips and going to Miami with all of his friends and who are his marketing people and whatever has to now sit across from those people and fire them. Wow. And not because they did anything wrong. Not because I really did anything yeah. wrong. Because things changed. And, and around what year is this? That was like 2015. Yeah. Yeah, I think 15. Wow. Um, and, and it just felt like, I mean, we made aggressive changes and let a lot of people go and downsize a lot. And, and it felt like every day that you go to the office is just bad, bad yeah. news. And how about behind the scenes, like changes in life, yeah. right? Because these are, you know, we've talked a lot about the seven equities, yeah. right? And that's your mind, body, soul, family, friends, business, money. Then there's your, your the material things, yeah. right? You had to make all these changes at, at uh, the business structure. How yeah. about outside of that? What kind of changes did you have to make to get through this period? Well, so in the beginning, I didn't make changes, which is what amplified the period. Oh, wow. My changes were that uh, I'd have a bottle of wine every night okay. or two. Yeah. You know, I told you, like, my big <laughs> trick on myself because I don't want to be, you know, I'm so, like, scared of becoming, like, an addict. Yeah. Or, uh, you know what I mean? Um, that I would wait until 9 p.m. to mm. crack the bottle of wine. Because right. what that meant was I didn't have a problem. Mm. Right. Um, because as long as it's nine, like yeah. whatever, that's when Normal. everyone starts drinking. Right. So I would go home. I would be just a, just depressed mess. Um, watch like lock up extended stay, right. you know, just the most depressing yeah. show. Um, and I would wait till 9 PM, crack a bottle of wine, whatever. And just like, just not just, I would just wander around like, right. and just be bummed out and just Man. think of how everything sucked and really think about like why I was really doing any of this. And we've, we've spoken a lot about affirmations, yeah. right? And I believe that we're, we're saying affirmations whether we believe in them or not. Yep. And I think a lot of times we're just saying affirmations that uh, aren't serving us and we're saying them by default. What, yep. what do you think uh, are, were some of the affirmations that you might have been telling yourself at that time mm -hmm. that were limiting you? Well, I think that like I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't deserve any of this. Mm. I didn't actually, uh, all those people that were my worst enemy that said this was luck were right. That's worst I case. I didn't deserve this. That is worst yeah. case. Are you Everybody's kidding me? Everybody's right. You're telling me like Damn. your little internet trolls are right? Damn. Like, holy Ouch. cow, that's a day you never want to yeah, face. Man. Um, that, you know, I didn't have... Uh, like real friends. Like I really felt at that time, like there was nobody on this earth that could understand my situation. Yeah. Being, you know, 20, however old I was, 28, uh, with a business. Yeah. Um, having been on TV, mm. these little things, I just felt like there was but nobody. Think of those, think of those, th think of those three, yeah. right? Like everyone's right. I was just lucky. I don't have any skills that would warrant me deserving this. Yeah. And then the bigger challenge, like nobody understands this anyways, yep. Be, like your process of coming here and being young and getting it and all this occurring, like nobody would understand if you yep. even tried to explain it to if somebody. If you even try to tell that story, nobody cares because A, you're just lucky anyway, but yeah. B, nobody can even really relate to it. You're just right. going to sound like whatever. So what that boils down to is it really just gave this overall feeling of like nothing this was all a joke. Like yeah. this is all worthless. Right. You know, and it's really interesting, like how that can sort of 
spiral um, into that place with a chain of events. Yeah, so you it's know? 2015 to 2016. What other changes did you have to make? Um, you know, there were some of the things that you started to add to your life and your lifestyle of drinking every night. Yeah. And were there any other changes that you made or, or, or things that you had to adjust negative or positive to get through that period? Um, I think, uh, you know, the big thing was I just sort of super, super secluded, you know, like I just, like I said, by nature, I'm a little bit of an antisocial dude. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I love that. And that's a great benefit to me, but it can also become a negative. Like if I don't remember to just go out and do the random right. fun thing or go meet the person, yeah. like we talked about how you do like prospecting in yeah. real estate. I also need to do that in my business, right. but my instinct is to not. And if mm. I go too hard on that instinct, it doesn't serve me and, and I really screw myself. Right. And so I did that like to the max. It was literally just every day, you know, on the days that I would go to the office, I would go to the office, I would sit in my office by myself if yeah. I wasn't having to fire someone or hear some bad news. I would go home the moment I could and I would just want to be alone and there was nobody, you know what I mean? I didn't want to be around anyone. Right. So anyway, that's where it was sort of at its worst. Yeah. And it's that feeling that I'm sure a lot of people have or have had or can relate to of this is all for like, what does any of this mean? Like right. what is really interesting or, or worth it about any of this? So notice exactly what happened here for Chris as he asked himself a question. What is really interesting or worth it about any of this? What's powerful about a question is it causes you to look for an answer. I think sometimes you have to hit that wall of frustration, that wall of being so tired or frustrated with the way reality is before you can develop a sense of what it is you really want. As we've said many times before, contrast creates clarity. And this was the point where drama had heard enough static. He was ready to tune into that crystal clear dial he always knew he was designed for. Now all he had to do was start to focus in. Listen as Chris began to discover what was really important and what actually matters. That is when I started making changes in a positive way. Yeah. You know, and that started with the littlest. I'm trying to take myself actually back to those moments. I mean, I think that one of we the got first rid of everything, right? I mean, so I got rid of everything. Yeah. Oh, I got rid of all my shit. Yeah. You know, cause at the time I'm still driving a Rolls Royce. Like who feels bad for you when right. you have a Rolls Royce ghost, you know, and you're like, I'm alone. I want more wine. And it's like, shut up, weird, rich guy, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so I got rid of all of the things that didn't like, I didn't, you know, need or that were just excess. Yeah. Right. Cause number one, you don't even feel like you don't feel when you're feeling like nothing is worth anything. The last thing you want to do is drive around in a fancy car. Yeah, it's really interesting though that you you did that, right? Like you recognized that and you said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of everything that is material that is making me who I think I am. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I just think to be honest, for me, it was a moment. You know how when people sometimes when they go through these like life changes, they shave their head. Mm -hmm. There's something about shaving your head yeah. that's like stripping yourself right. of whatever and like becoming like the warrior version yeah. of yourself. And that's what it felt like to me. It felt kind of like get rid of these things that are distractions yeah. or that are, you know, peacocking to show whatever and just get down to what you need and get back to who you are, wow. which is the dude 
that moved to LA by himself to figure this shit out. And now you feel by yourself again, you feel back to that same feeling that you felt when you got off the plane here, go back to that yeah. and be who you are. Well, I think there's a lot of courage, man, that, that you had to have to do those things. Like yeah. we've talked about this before, how, uh, when you told me this story, I, I felt like, wow, you were really close to going from running your own company and yeah. n not starting the podcast because you're going to go be marketing director yeah. at like the up and coming <laughs> shoe yeah. company. Yeah. That was close, <laughs> which That's who knows? Hey, nightmare. you know what I mean? Worst nightmare. Yeah, it was close. Yeah. Yeah. I was in no man's land a little wow. bit, you know, but, so, but thank God. And this is the part that I don't know, but if anyone listening to this or like you, you're into this sort of content for a reason, mm -hmm. because in all of us, there's that one piece of you that says, nah, man, I'm not going out like that. Yeah. I'm better than this. Yeah. But you got to figure out exactly what that is and build on it. Mm. Don't think I'm better than this. So my expectations are right. that I deserve yeah. a better life. Figure out that one little fire, that little pilot light and start to feed that. That's awesome. And that's what starts to build who you really are and why you are better than that. You are better than that. Yeah. If that's not the life for you, some people are listening and like mm, marketing job at upcoming yeah, sure. brand sounds sick for me. That's not my path. Yeah. And so I just think that, yeah, I got dangerously close to like this weird potential path. Well, I, I think what we're, what we're talking about too, is like we all go through periods where we're in the middle. Mm -hmm. There's this middle ground where like, you don't know if it's going to fall apart. You don't know if you're going to get the job. You don't know if you're not going to get the job. You don't know if the relationship's going to continue. Mm -hmm. And it's this middle ground where I think it's very easy to get lost in that middle place. You're not winning. You're not losing. Yeah. You're just in the middle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to stay balanced, you have to continue Peddling, you got to yeah. continue showing up. Yeah. What, what have you learned about maintaining in that middle ground? Explain to me again what the middle ground is. Exactly. Well, the middle is like you're in the midst of the shit. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. But that's in, where the action is. Yeah. You know, I just think like, I don't know. I think that maybe, I guess I, I wish I would have known this when I was younger and I don't, when people say this, I always feel like, oh, yeah, no, like, know it all, sort of whatever. I've just learned from doing this for long enough now and cramming a lot of life into the yeah. last, you know, uh, 31 years um, that the joy, the whole game, all right. of it is in the struggle. Yeah. It's, there is no end. And like there just isn't. And I don't know. I know it's so cliche and I know everyone has their way of saying right. it, but it's not... It's like the better that you can learn to sort of struggle well, right? as I think Ray Dalio yeah. said, that's where the action is. That's it. And man. I've learned that like, once again, I don't, you kind of started this podcast off with like growth and that sort of talk. I enjoy making progress and growing. Yeah. That's what I enjoy. I don't, I, I'm not saying that my mission on this earth is to buy a house in Malibu. Right. And once that's why, why are you here? Well, I like yeah. to, I want to buy a house in Malibu. Yeah. And then like, okay, sick dude. I am here <laughs> to continuously grow, evolve, learn. I don't know where that leads me yeah. exactly. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but that's where I go to bed at night and say, 
that was a good day. That's it, man. You know what I mean? Well, and I think that if there's anything that, you know, I try to impress upon people is that that struggle is where the party's at. Yeah. Like that, we we have a make-believe story that when we make a mistake or something bombs, like that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, but that's, that's the sign. That's the signal. Like if you go back to the skull fracture, yeah, that was the opportunity. Yeah. To actually be side by side with Rob and have so many things occur. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it taught me, you know, it forced me to come out here and be insanely uncomfortable. Now I feel like if I'm in a situation where I feel uncomfortable, uh, whatever, because I've I've survived being in L.A. with a blood clot thinking I was going to have a seizure at any moment. Like, so it just made me way more like resilient. Right. Wow, that's good. But you just don't. I don't know. This whole like. People are learning it, I think. I think yeah. the awareness is growing, but the idea of some end result is yeah. a complete and absolute illusion. I and agree. The bad news is it's all an illusion. And so everything that you know a lot of people are striving for doesn't exist. Yeah. The good part is you can start to find the real thing literally today. Yeah. Because the real thing is just growing and evolving. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's powerful because I think um, one of the scariest things is we when we put so much of an emphasis on how we're going to feel when you do buy the Malibu home, yeah. how you're going to feel when you do get the Lambo or when you get married or whatever, yeah. and you get there and you feel the same way. Yeah. It's like it can be a very scary thing achieving all of your goals if you put too much of an expectation on how you're going to feel when the reality is how we feel is not a destination, right? Like how we feel is a choice, Mm -hmm. you know? And at the end of it, I I feel like that's the core part of life Mm -hmm. is experiencing joy and being present Mm -hmm. and not getting stuck in the future and not getting stuck in the past. Yeah. 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 And it's just, yeah, man, like you use those things as like, carrots to dangle in front of yourself for sure for a reason to get up in the morning look at your little vision board be like i'm gonna get that house yeah for sure and that's your thing right but the that's not like the joy is in running on day 100 yeah of the 100k a day uh sorry 5k a a day 100 day that moment when you or even screw that day 37 (laughs) <laughs> you did not feel like doing it. How about it. this? Can I tell you what one of my worst days of this year was? What? Day 101. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm not even playing. You're day right. 100. I didn't run. I told myself I was going to take you're a right. break. And the whole day after the most awesome day, which was day 100, yep. day 101, so it was just a couple weeks ago, was just one giant uppercut. Can I guess the best day? What was the best day? Was the best day of running the day you finished running from a night when it was the last thing on earth you felt like doing? Without a doubt. It was the season um, when I was uh, going through my grandpa passing. Yep. You know, it was really difficult because I was, I was very vulnerable. I was really emotional. I might have shed a tear or two dur- during that run. Yeah. But losing my grandpa, he's the most important person in my life. Yeah. Like most important. Jonas, my dad, and my grandpa. For, so, for, so to lose him, and I felt like I was running for him. I felt like... I was being my word. I felt like I was making him proud. Yeah. And um, it taught me a lot. But that's the day. Yeah. This is what I would argue. That's the day 
that you and what you thought you were capable of actually grew the most. For sure. Right. Because I didn't want to. Today you probably finished or went to bed and thought a lot of shit's going on right now. Terrible day, all things considered. Yeah. But man, what a great like that feeling is the feeling you fight for. Feeling like I did my best. Yeah. You know, and I'm 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 doing what I can with what I've got. Yeah. And everybody could do that. Yeah. You know, you just have to take action. Yeah. Yeah. So what sparked the idea to start a podcast? And did you set any goals or did you just go buy the equipment and press record? So what started the idea was, you know, obviously I know kind of the power of content, you know, um, especially after being a part of grew up filming and making skateboard stuff. Yeah was a part of a massively successful TV show. I know the power of content, and that power is only growing every day right now. Mm. Um, But it was really important to me after spending so many years on reality TV, which was a sort of persona and a type of content that I can't scale or do anything with, that I thought of something that would be me, and it would be something that I could build upon. Meaning the persona of just being like Rob's, even that, cousin. like even even take that part out of it, even drama on Fantasy Factory, if you take that element out of it, I was just sort of like the dude that was around that was like kind of scared of all the crazy stuff. Yeah. That was, and this is not me. Right. You know, and like it's But not you had just, to play that role and that was it. And it was great. And I benefited so much off of it. But what I'm saying is like there's nothing I can do with that person. Got it. You know, I can't scale that. I can't go hunt down other people to do weird stuff on TV with to act scared. Uh, Did so, you ever think of that? Did you think, well, maybe I could create my own well, show? <laughs> no, because I knew I wasn't. I never even really after after those shows, I never thought like I'm going to go do my own show because okay. I knew I wasn't the guy driving it. Yeah, that wasn't so, me. A podcast was an opportunity to um, shift your previous persona. Yeah, and it was like, okay, I want to put out some content now. It had been a couple few years since the show was off the air. I want to put out some content now. That's about who I really am. Yeah. Well, who am I? I'm a guy from Akron, Ohio, like middle of nowhere, skipped college, moved to L.A., was scrappy, paid attention and hungry. Yeah. And I made the sort of entrepreneurial dream come true. Right. So what do I want to do? I want to talk to other people who have done something similar. I want to show those conversations to everyone. Yeah. With the hopes that by sort of humanizing them and bringing them down to earth, realizing that you're capable of it too. This guy's capable of it. Everyone's capable of it. If you buckle down and do it, maybe I can repeat the pattern of exactly what I did. Mm. Because all I know how to really do is what I did. Yeah. So I remember when I moved here and when I started talking to people when I was around, you know, Johan from Rogue Status and a little bit around Ken Block from DC and seeing that these were normal guys. They were really smart, but they were humans. And they're the ones who made these crazy big things happen. Right. Um, or with Johan, like Rogue Stars was the coolest thing in the yeah. world. And like, these are guys who did this. I can do it too. And that changed my mind. Like living in Ohio, if someone said, hey, why don't you go start like the next DC Shoes? You'd be like, cool. Like, and yeah. I'll also build a house on Mars <laughs> while I'm at it. You know what I mean? Right. And I think just humanizing it and telling that, learning those people's stories is what opened my mind to all these different mm. possibilities. So that's what I'm, I was like, let, let me try to do that. So were you seeking to learn, if, if there was one that had more impact or, or, or more intention, was it more about you wanting to learn more for yourself or more of just wanting to share and impact others or more about 
content and changing your your persona? Was, what what do you think the the main thing was? I think it was this feeling. Not to sound, I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna sound a little bit like a abstract artist or something. It was this feeling of like putting myself out there to connect with people. Yeah, and build a following, build connection. I knew that like selling product, building a brand, all that stuff came after connecting with people. Right. So I needed to connect with people. I wanted to connect with people. So it was just about connecting with people and I can only connect with people around my truth. That's really good because that's been my experience of yours is that there's not some other agenda that that is behind the scenes. Yeah. Like as I as as I listened to it and then as I got to be a part of it, it was like this guy is uh, really interested in learning about people and yeah. just sharing it. That's the whole agenda. There's nothing secret yeah. behind it. That's it. And there, yeah. there's no agenda. When you asked, was there any goals? There was no goals. It was just, let's start putting some stuff out. And I am, am naturally very... I just noticed that I never felt better than when I drove home from one of those meetings where you just felt like... You're, you hit it like yeah. you just either you learned something great right or a potential really good idea was just discussed like you can feel fundamentally who you are shift a little mm. and when i was driving home from those meetings i would feel like man that is it i don't know what yeah. it is but that is what i want a lot of well what's it's what's incredible is that i think that so much about like creation yeah. is in communication, yeah. right? Like we create our reality based on conversations that we have with ourselves yep. and others. Yep. And that's really like, you think about how much was created, how much was shared, how, how many people grew and your whole podcast is a conversation, yeah. but it's, it's because of the intention that you set for it. Yeah. That's awesome. And it has man. changed my, like, I have become a podcast, like, advocate. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Because what I didn't realize is this. I didn't realize that, once again, my gift, my uh, unfair advantage mm -hmm. was because of my years on TV and then building a company, a lot of people will talk to me. Right. Like, that's unfair. Yeah. But that's my advantage. <laughs> so I didn't realize that really. Sure. You know, like I knew that my Rolodex was like, you know, there's a lot of cool people in there. But I didn't realize kind of how that would snowball and where that would go. Okay. And so I, what I'm getting at is I, by forcing myself for two years now to sit down once a week and have an hour long conversation with somebody who's smart and doing some shit has changed my life. It's made me meet people like you. Yeah. We would have never met because if somebody would have called me and said, yo, you should meet Kevion, right. I would have been like, oh, yeah, we'll get around to it. For sure. That's just how we are. Yeah. But I need to fill a slot in my podcast. So, yeah, I'll do it. I'll trust you, Sneaker Steve. Bam. Ends up, you're yeah. this, like, Jedi fucking <laughs> guru. You know what I mean? And who would have thought? So then you do that same thing. You do that same thing. And now, all of a sudden, before you know it, your conversation skills, your network, yeah. the things you're getting invited to, the things you're whatever, are just so much bigger. And it obviously helps my business. It For helps sure. everything I do. So you've, you've interviewed how many people now? 112. 112. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions 
whether you've experienced them yourself or you've, you've learned from your, your guests about success and happiness. Yeah, I think the main thing, and this was kind of the, the kernel of why I started it and still rings true today, is the thought that these people have something mm. we don't, right? Yeah. There's always an us and them thing, like right. a, you know, uh, I think a lot of people don't succeed because they doubt themselves, because yeah. they don't think they have that thing. Yeah. And what the crazy shocker is, nobody has that, that thing. thing. There's yeah. no gene, there's no success gene. There's no person that comes and knights you successful yeah there's no secret bracelet there's nothing it's just those people were persistent and took the risks and figured mm. it out and took the losses and all the things the keys to success right those people did it yeah. every time those people did it and i don't care if somebody was maybe born in a rich area um had a natural gift had any of the things that we say are like oh that's the excuse right. for why that person's successful yeah. It doesn't, it's not that. Yeah. It's never that thing. It's always all of the other things. And the thing that nobody realizes, or, or at least the types of people I'm talking about don't realize is they have it too. Mm. They have the luck thing too. They have the unfair advantage too. Yeah. They have all the things that if they just got up and went for it and chased what it really takes to chase your dreams, one day they would make it and people would tell them they were lucky. Yeah. And they had something that right. they don't. And yeah, but dude, you were born in sure. the winter uh -huh. in Louisville, Kentucky. Right. When everyone knows. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we all have it. Yeah. And you know, I think it's it's interesting because if you go back and you study anybody, you can see how they took their deck of cards mm -hmm. and just dealt them well. Yeah. You know, like I flipped growing up the way I grew up as the most positive thing in the world. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not what we're given or, or what happens. It's just how we react to it, yeah. what our perception is yeah. of it. We're all yeah. super, super lucky. And I think the fact that you can change that, this is one thing I learned from starting with you. The fact that you can change that your perception, yeah. your mentality is the mind blowing breakthrough yeah. for people like us, like for sure. skaters, yeah. you know, whatever, not sort of, I don't know who grows up like sort of, maybe if your parents went to some Ivy league schools or something, you're kind of ingrained with that. Yeah. I don't know. But my thing is I never thought you could really change that. Yeah. And the Man, same way I'll, that we I'll can build you. like our biceps, if, if I'm naturally skinny, but I can work out hard enough to become buff, I'm naturally pessimistic. Right. I can work on it yeah. enough. It's going to take a lot. But to become, to see the world a little differently. If you can get to the place where, like, if a random, I don't know, if something just landed on both of our cars right now, yeah. out in the driveway, yeah. I swear I would crack up. It'd be so good. It for would Instagram. be so funny. You know how oh, yeah, it'd be, be great. For our stories. It'd be incredible. It'd be like, well, you guys won't believe it. If we go outside and both of our cars are on fire, I would laugh my ass off. Yeah, like, we, I have yeah. trained myself to believe that a huge, gigantic breakdown yeah. is one of the best things that could possibly happen. Yeah. You just got to look for it. Yeah, and I don't, I'm going to be honest, Kev. You, once again, you're a Jedi, and I try not to talk, ask for a big breakdown. Cause it scares me. I'm all for it. I get it, there's man. There's just too much. There's been too much, too many horrible 
things that have happened that have translated to awesomeness. Yeah. I don't, I'm not looking for it, yeah. but when it happens, it's like, all right, yeah. something awesome is coming out of this. Yeah. I just got to keep looking. Yeah, it's still, yeah I got to master that. So tell me about some of your life hacks. You know, you've been reading like crazy. Um, what have been some of your, your, your top structures or life hacks yep. that have really helped you break through? So I think, can I ask you this? Are you going to, we can cut this out. Are you going to a part where, because I kind of would like, I think it'd be cool to talk about like how it came then out of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Because we could, we probably got to wrap up fairly soon too. I got a couple more. So this is going into basically, what are some of your top structures and life hacks? Yep. What has been your greatest success so far? What's your message to the world? And so what can we expect me then more just of? After, right before life hacks, just yep. ask me, what how did you start to pull out yeah that's you know good. I mean? and then yep. then go to what are your life hacks? yeah because we we it. talked about the podcast um so i'll say like so you started the podcast something shifted but um like what shifted how do you go from walking around your house drinking wine all night to now you know we can see on your podcast on whatever that something has yeah. changed how, okay. do you, how does that start to happen all right cool Thank you for that coaching. I fully welcome <laughs> I it. I just want to make sure I yeah. took the story. So, I mean, so how did it how did it shift, right? Because you went from being in this space where you're drinking wine every night and searching oh, yeah. and digging, okay, I'm going to start a podcast to shift the persona and and learn and share, but something really shifted. Yep. Right? Like what shifted? I would say that what happened was I started it started with running. I hate running yeah. still to this day. But I just remember being so, feeling so shitty. And I was like skinny. You know, I get skinny instead of fat right. when I get lazy. Right. So I was like skinny and I was smoking cigarettes at the time, just chain smoking cigs yeah. and just super unhealthy. And I just remember thinking like, ah, maybe I start running. Okay. I'm not skating anymore. Maybe I start running. And it was miserable, but just running a mile, then mm. running 1.5, then running whatever. It was now something that I could start to focus on to be proud of when I go to bed at night. Interesting. And it was that feeling that I'm saying is like, you just can't, if you're going through the day all day, just right. taking L's, yeah. you're going to snowball into L land. That's it. But if you can take something that you can put all that away and win here. So it started with running. It started That's with running. Awesome, man. And and I still like I never it never stuck. It running turned into literally I was going to soul cycle classes with Eric Deluxe. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, which I'm yeah. embarrassed to say, but there's I have a sweet spot for soul cycle. Soul cool. And I would be in there sweating and they're in there like, You can be great. You can be great. And I'm like, I can't be great. And I'm sweating my ass off. And there was something about walking out of there that's like, hmm, I did something that I didn't think yeah. I would do. I feel great. I'm, like I'm buddies with Eric, right? And yeah. I knew Eric before I met you, but I saw it. Yeah. Right, I saw it, and then it was almost in that same season that we met, and then it just continued to shift. Like, what else happened that caused you to really just? Yeah. So then, so it all started stacking. So it started running. Then all of a sudden, you start doing Soul Cycle. Then I said, "Well, screw it. I'm just going to start this podcast. Yeah. Why not?" Now I'm having all these good conversations with people. I'm meeting people. That's going to start to bring you right. out of it. Now people start recommending books and stuff mm. like that. So now I start reading again because I took a huge break from that. Start reading again. Wow, that makes you, you get really inspired about this one chapter you read. Yeah. And guess what? Tomorrow you have a soul cycle class. And then you, and now right. you had a great podcast. And before you know it, these things start to 
uh, start to stack. And then right. naturally, all of the harsh decisions that we had to make uh, as a business at Young and Reckless started to pay off. Mm. You know, like now, naturally, you have to make harsh decisions. You have to deal with the storm that's coming. But then the storm clears. Right. And the fact that you let, you know, you cut your payroll in half. Yeah. And the fact that you cut all these expenses pays off. And now that starts working. Do and you now think, you, then do you sudden, think part of what caused things to work at business was that you also started to work in the other areas? A trillion yeah. billion percent. Right. One of the things I added, you know this, but one of the things I added to my list was I felt like, man, you know, my mom loves me to death. Yeah. And one of the things that probably bums my mom out the most is both of her kids live in LA. Now she doesn't really see them very right. often. I talk to her once every five days. Yeah. That's messed up. I love my mom. I want my mom to be happy. I don't talk to my mom once every five days. Yeah. Yeah. It's messed and up. Why, why would you do that? Yeah. If that's all the things that you really <laughs> care about. So I made it a point to call my mom every day. That's awesome. Um, so all those things start to stack. And yes, your personal life. So it's, there's absolutely not up for debate that the two are intertwined. Right. Um, especially for it's people it. like it's us. It's a no brainer. Especially for people like us, we don't clock in, clock out. Right. We own our businesses. Yeah. We're in charge of people. There is no clock in, clock out thing. So you start the the podcast. It's very clear that as you're interviewing successful people, you're you're hearing their strategies. So people naturally start recommending books to you. On yeah. top of that, you're running. You're doing Soul Cycle. Yeah. Is there anything else that started to cause things to shift? Where like I I feel like I look at your your life over the last year and it was like he's elevating yeah 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 so i think that it's all of those things starting to add up then you're you're learning like if i sit and talk with you about your business mm -hmm. strategically for an hour and a half it's going to naturally spark some different ways of thinking about my business right and so that started happening every week on this podcast and um and then you're running, and that's really good for your brain and yeah. all that stuff too, right? Then you start eating a little bit better. Then you stop smoking. Mm. Who would have thought? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who the hell smokes cigarettes? Who knew? So then you stop smoking. Now your soul cycle classes are so much better, <laughs> yeah. right? So anyways, all of these things start to snowball. Now you're out of the woods on the business issues. So now you're starting to make some money, uh, you know, grow right. again. And... All of these things are just paying off and that started that just started snowballing and mm. it started adding up and it started adding up and I started making I went from walking into the office for a year straight and feeling like I was just there to deal with the bad issue right. to now all of a sudden I'm excited to go in there I'm excited to go handle the problems and to build on new strategies and right. start new things and then before you know it the podcast in the beginning nobody gave a shit about my podcast yeah I was devastated and like, now Gary Vee just being on the podcast. There you go, right? It's crazy. And so now I, it went from like, I was just on TV with right. millions of people watching and nobody gives a shit. I'm yeah. talking like 500 people want right. to watch this episode. To then all of a sudden that started working. I naturally just become better at podcasting. Mm. It starts catching. Now that's getting tens of thousands and yeah. hundreds and whatever. And so that's helping my audience, which is helping me sell more clothes. Which is blah, blah, blah. Which is helping blah, blah, blah. And it all just started. Then uh, my friend Sneaker Steve suggests I have this guy Kevion on, <laughs> and we have an incredible conversation. Yeah. You start, you're like, hey man, I want to life coach you because the podcast was so good. I think life coaching's weird, right? Until I give it a shot. <laughs> now I think it's fucking incredible. Yeah, and it's all of those things. 
you know, constantly growing back to growing and evolving and learning and growing and evolving. And yeah. Learning, like, well, it was really interesting to like start working with you right out of the gate. And I go into things like your schedule yeah. and your structure. And one of the first things oh, yeah. that I asked you was what's your gift and how many hours a week do you do it? Yeah. You know, and we, we, we broke down like what your gift actually is. And when we really looked at the structure, you're only implementing that piece like two hours a week. Yeah. You know, how much of, of getting down with your schedule and designing your business in a way where you're doing what you're meant to do has been a part of all this? It's, it's absolutely like an overwhelming amount. And I will say that that's the part more, like if we had a coaching call tomorrow morning, mm -hmm. that would still be the main topic. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? And that's still the part that's like, super difficult and you have to constantly sort of, I'll talk to you one week and be like, Hey, this is what I need to spend more time right. doing. And the next week I'll be like, I didn't do it. Yeah. Like I spent maybe 8% more time. My biggest challenge to this day and is getting caught up doing things that I don't feel like I'm designed to do, yeah. that the world wants me to do these yep. things. Yep. Yeah. And so 100%. I think it's one of the best things somebody could, could develop is, what are you good at? What's your skill set? And how are you blocking off your life so that you can do that five hours a day? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's hard. Yeah. It's expert level. We talked about, I, I was waking up at 930. Yeah. I was pretty amazed at that. In the morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing we had to chip away at. So now all of a sudden, here's the mind blowing thing. You wake up at seven. Yeah. Which is still generous. Mm -hmm. You have time to do your workout in the morning. That's it. And now it is it is transformed into where now every day or every sorry, three days a week, I work out with a trainer at 830 in the morning. Yeah. I'm done by 930. Plenty of time to get to the office still with great time at the time that I would have woken up right. before. Um, it just allows you to make all this other progress in your right. life when you clean up one thing. That's it. And then clean up one more thing and then clean up one more thing. It's been awesome, man. It's been really cool seeing the uh, the transformation. Thanks, man. You were a big part of it. What has been your greatest success so far? My greatest success. Um, I'm trying. I, what I'm doing right now in my head is trying to not make it sound cheesy. I think that honestly, the thing that I'm the most proud of is like that my parents are really proud of me. Yeah, um, I was able to buy them cars and you know, help them with debt and yeah. any of that stuff. Um, so they don't have to worry about that. Uh, and that there are starting to be people that really thank me in a very genuine way for putting them on a good path. That's dope. And you know, this one includes you. I was at, I was pulling up to the jewelry district to buy my fancy new chains. I like that. Nice responsible oh, chains. Yeah, they're right? fully responsible. These are like, hey, yeah. don't, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> uh, uh, and this guy walked up right up to my window in the parking lot and was like with tears in his eyes and goosebumps was like, man, your podcast wow. with Kevion changed my life. He's like, I want you to meet my mom. You really set me on the right path. And like, that's, I, I didn't, you don't Dude, get the that. amount of times that's happened for me. Yeah. Right. If we combine it together. And you don't get that from Fantasy Factory. Yeah. You get like, you guys are fucking hilarious, which is cool. Right. But you don't get that and I think the fact that that's just on a small level I'd like to do it on a bigger level but starting to happen I think that's a different type of success than like you know some of the other stuff yeah it's pretty impactful 
That's cool. Yeah. So on that note, what can we expect to see more of from Chris Drama Path in the future? What you can expect to see more of. So like I'm very, very proud to say that, you know, Young and Reckless went through all of those issues and now like this year will be our biggest year. Wow. And we have switched so heavily to e-commerce and to, you know, denim and all at a these- time when that might not make much sense to other brands that might be, you know, heavier logo driven yeah. or whatever it might be yeah. um, to have this year, 2018 be your biggest year yeah. is that says something. It's, I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of it because we did it through really, really hard work and trial and error yeah. and you know, letting people go, but also hiring new people. And we have new people now right. that now we're growing. Now we're hiring. Now it's great. And now it's a great energy in that office. And I can walk in there every day and be a lot more purposeful on what I'm doing, why That's everyone's it. there, and what our goal is today. Yeah, um, well, because you're doing that in your life. Yeah. Right. Like, I think it's easy to put, well, let me work on my business because that's going to make me who I am. Yeah. But you did, did it the right way and yeah. said, no, let me figure out who I am yeah. and take that human being yeah. that is healthy, mentally strong, yeah. connected with his family and take that guy yeah. into work. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The chain reaction. It's so awesome, man. that, that environment is amazing. You're going to see, you know, naturally, uh, we chilled out for a little while on some of our marketing expenses or taking risks on marketing projects, some of that. You're going to see some cool, exciting stuff coming from the brand. Dope. And that's really in line with like the current, you know, that 16 to 24 year old yeah. age range and what those guys are doing. And I'm really excited to just kind of, you know, I felt like young and reckless, even though we've been doing really well, we've, we, there hasn't been that like really cool moment where people are like damn they did that right that's pretty cool um so that's what there's a few of those coming awesome um and then i just i really enjoy the the podcasting and the like at the end of the day what i'm trying to do is connect with people and to get people to make that first switch to realize it's possible and make that first switch that sets you down that path so what i'm trying to do is get better at podcasting get better at interviewing have better guests um, be better at social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do things better that, uh, you know, you'd want to follow me and listen to my podcast. And- so if there was one thing, cause you drop a lot of life hacks, mm-hmm. it's awesome. I don't need to read books anymore yeah. because you read five a week and I just read what you highlight. So thank you for that. <laughs> one a week guys. <laughs> Let's not be ridiculous. It's crazy. <laughs> what? What's the first thing you'd recommend people to do? Somebody wants to improve their life, up their game, whether they're at a low point or a high point. They just want to improve. What's the first thing that you recommend somebody to do? I think it's to just set for this week, starting one week from today. Set three attainable goals. Mm, That's awesome. And do them. That's it. And I don't care whether it's, run around my block because I'm just out of shape Yeah, or like just do anything that's a goal, but you're pretty sure you can do it and do it in the next week and look at how that changes, starts to change your outlook on what you're capable of doing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I did not think with this hundred day 5k 
um, thing other people would be joining in on it. Like I really just did it for myself to develop more mental discipline. And I just was looking for a breakthrough. So I came up with the idea to run a 5K 100 days in a row. And there's got to be at least a couple hundred people who have been doing it and tagging me in it. But um, a couple people have asked me, does it have to be a 5K? And I'm like, no, be whatever you want. I think it's just the idea of doing something for 100 days is going to be a challenge. And learn to master that part of yourself. Like, uh, First of all, everyone in my office is doing it. That's sick. I'm sick of my whole feed now. Your your 100 days (laughs) just ended and all these guys just started. Uh, That's awesome. But I think that like... um, what we do a lot is we, when we set goals too small, we don't do them because we think like, uh, that's, that's not even worth doing. Right. And we set them too big, we don't do them because yeah. we have no idea how to do that. Right. Just set the damn goal, set the goal. that you know you can do Absolutely. and do it. Absolutely. And then set a little bigger one and then set a little bigger one. Um, I changed my goal recently for the year because I was uh, 25% off track of it. So my volume goal for the year. Um, And I really just want to share that to encourage people to be real about your goals. Like in January, I set a huge, gigantic goal for the amount of volume I'd like to do in real estate. And uh, a month ago, I realized I'm like 25% off track. And the goal was no longer inspiring me. It was more daunting and like, oh, so I adjusted it. And I just want to encourage people to get real about what you're aiming to do and adjust your goals in a way that uh, leaves you feeling inspired you shouldn't know without a shadow of a doubt oh yeah i could do that yeah. it should push you it should make you a little bit nervous yeah but you don't want to look at your goal and be like oh man yeah i'll tell you what we do like even because obviously the most of our growth and now the fact that we're growing uh is due to e-com obviously yeah so like for instance this year every month we have revised our e-com goals yeah because we naturally, at the beginning of the year, set them too high. Right. Right. And so now, as the year goes on, when it gets to like now and September, is when they start to get accurate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right. that's just naturally. I'm not saying that's the way. Yeah. But you naturally kind of set these big ones. It's okay. Give it your best shot. Look at it and revise it if you need to. But now, so towards the end of the year, it will get accurate and we'll hit a good realistic goal. We'll be up from last year. Everything will be great. But like awesome. start high yeah. and revise down if you have to, but just finish. Oh, I love what you said too. Just set three goals that you feel that you could attain for three. a week. Three, call your mom every day, yeah. run a mile every day and drink no soda. Come on now, you got that. Last question, dude. Yep. What's your message to the world? What's that tweet? Right. If there were one tweet you would want to be remembered by, what would it be? I think that it's ah man, something along the lines of. You could use the Jeezy reference if you'd like. I always think the world's yours and everything in it. Like <laughs> uh, it could be copy and pasted. I love the idea <laughs> that the only way, the truly the only way to change the world is to change yourself. That to me is just such an, imp- it's just like everyone wants to complain, especially right sure. now about what's going on in the world. Yeah. And man, if these people were different, if these people were different, if these people were different. If you can just 
work on yourself and shut up about everyone else for yeah. a minute, you'll be shocked at how much your perception of what everyone else is doing mm. and even your ability to help everyone else mm. and your ability to be there for your family, right. be there for your kids, be there for whatever will change because you changed. Right. Never because you didn't change and you waited for them to change. That's just not even a thing. Come so on I now. Think that, I think that's that, awesome. Yeah. Stop complaining and just do some work on yourself. people. Yeah. And because at the end of it, like who we are impacts other people around us. Yeah. Good or bad. Mm -hmm. So be And it impacts the way we see everyone around us. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's huge, man. That's awesome, dude. Anybody you'd like to thank, shout out as we wrap this up? Just you, Kev. Oh, thanks, dude. Let's just keep it right to the point. You, <laughs> uh, you know, I was fortunate. You are the epitome of this podcast um, drawing people and thoughts and ideas into my life that I did not expect. It was nowhere in the mission statement for starting a podcast. Uh, you changed my perception on life coaching. You changed my perception on things like Landmark Forum, yeah. a three-day self-improvement <laughs> Congratulations torture session that. <laughs> that was so worth it. Um, and that here we are awesome. now doing yours. I just, uh, yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for your friendship, your guidance, and all the knowledge that you're underserving the world. We want more content. All right, brother. I'm working on it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being open to it. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. I know we said it'd be about 45 minutes, but we went way over. Too many gems. Yours was three hours on mine. So. All right, let's go. Appreciate you, man. We did it. Let's go. Yeah. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you to Drama for taking the time to do this. I hope you got some insights, some breakthroughs, some ahas and found some gems that are gonna help you get to the next level in life. Hope you found some extraordinary answers while listening to that interview. And as always, the quality of the answers that we find are determined by the quality of the questions that we ask. So here's your three power questions for today. Number one, how bad do you want it and what are you willing to risk to achieve your dreams? I think anything you're going to achieve on an extraordinary level requires, requires an equal level of risk, a level of feeling defeated, having to completely start over, being embarrassed, looking stupid. There's always going to be a risk. Are you willing to risk all of that to go after your dreams or are you going to continue playing it safe? Question number two, where in your life do you have to make a change? If you take an honest look at the different areas from your work to relationship, what needs to go? What do you need to get rid of to get to that next level? And lastly, number three, this is in the spirit of affirmations. And remember, an affirmation is something that you tell yourself. And many of the affirmations that we tell ourselves, they're not designed to actually move our lives forward. They're actually not designed at all. They were created by default. So the question is, what are some of the make-believe affirmations that you've been caring and saying about yourself that are not moving your life forward? And more importantly, what are the new affirmations? What is the new story that you are creating on the path to achieving greatness? Remember, whatever you tell yourself over and over and over, good or bad, will become who you are. So what are your new affirmations that you're creating for yourself and for the ultimate vision of what you can be? Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Project Mindset, Episode 3. Share it, subscribe, post it, and I'll talk to you guys soon.